Hello, Frog fans. Welcome to Post Game Beers <laughs> Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Hell's Half Acre Stadium Goods. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, appreciate you. We are the Lupton Drinking Club. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight, guys. If you're live with us, uh, we're, we're grateful for that at Lupton Drinking Club on um, on YouTube. Uh, we also are at Lupton Beers on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, the TikTok. We'll talk more about TikTok pretty soon. Yeah, we've got maybe we can get two million followers too. I think we're <laughs> we're close, Jacob. We're close. We'll you know we'll see. Yeah, I mean you can't get to two million without getting to two. <laughs> <laughs> 200s coming up. Uh, we've got a full crew tonight. The master of activities, Jacob Sailors at JD Sailors on Twitter. We have our producer, Crazy Ray Cartwright, the knower of somethings. Uh, we've got the Sultan of Stat, Martin Guerrero, and the uninformed frog, uh, our uninformed horse, uh, Garrett Evans. What's up, buddies? Uh, fellas, it's been an um, interesting week, uh, TCU Athletics. It's been a roller coaster week. I feel like every day I uh, learn some good news and some bad news, and I don't know how to feel about the program. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to pull back a second. And um, uh, Jacob, tell me a non-TCU athletics-related thing that's happened to you this week. Oh, God. Um, geez. Putting me on the spot there. And not, oh, and like outside of T- – okay. I got you. Um, man – it's been a pretty uninteresting week. I will. Okay. How about this? So it's still sports related, but I know we, we're not like an NBA podcast, but are you guys seeing the courts for the uh, play in tournament? I saw the one in Denver and it was, I wanted to gouge my eyes out. Are there what's any go- good? What's in- going on with these courts? Who asked for this? Is there like a section of Twitter out there? that's like, damn, these are fire. Is it TikTok? Please, please explain for those of us who don't watch the NBA. I, know I really don't know. Like, who are they marketing to here? They I don't marketing I to seen, the kids. I haven't seen anybody that likes it. Have is is this like a uh, is this a comparison to what people feel about TCU's bath? Like, like, uh, Man, yeah, some- actually, yeah, I mean, people no, okay, it. okay, it's not, it's worse because like. Like when TC plays like Kansas or something, there's a lot of people watching it. The the frigging court debate is crazy. But there's like a good percentage of people who are like, I don't know, I kind of like it. But it seems like with these NBA courts, it's unanimous. And and the reason behind it is like they want to differentiate the games from a regular NBA game. But isn't there like a million better ways to do that? <laughs> you I don't think know. I just I just Google what you're talking about. Holy shit, man. That's pretty yeah, you seen those? Out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like super irrelevant to anything that you know is important to this podcast. But it was MK, you hit me off guard with that question. It was like, all right, what was the last thing I was thinking about <laughs> other than TCU? So can you, can you explain it to an, an audio uh audience here that uh, that because I've never seen it either. I I've You've never seen like, them? uh like Boise State's football field, but on a basketball yes. court. Yes, oh. it's exactly that's, that's like perfect. that. Perfect. <laughs> so different colors, different designs. I yeah. think the Nuggets is all blue, and it has like a yellow stripe going down the middle. Do the what do the players think? Oh, okay. I'm looking at them now. <sighs> holy, holy! Are these real? 
they're real, dude. You turn on the Mavs game right now and see what's going on in New Orleans. Like it's it's horrendous. What if I had Bally's? <laughs> pop up, pop off their stars. What parents are for it? Because parents still pay for Direct TV. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I always thought the uh, Oregon basketball, their their forest theme, was always a little bit more excessive than what TCU has. You know, with the with the frog fins or whatever, whatever. It's hard to look at the trees thing. Was hard to look at, but I think our, our court in person, I don't have a problem with it. No, it's, it's I, not I, a problem. I, at I all. just I just dislike it on TV. I, I remember. I, I remember think that's because of a white balance with the cameras. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly it. Because I remember I saw the TC basketball court before we ever played a game on it. Like I went to the stadium and I said, "Holy shit, it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen." Like I, it looks dope. So anytime I see it on TV now, I'm already my mind's already made up of my opinion. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, folks, uh, we have some breaking um, recruiting news. Uh, no one, uh, everyone chimes into post game beers for the most up to date yeah. recruiting news and rankings uh, for football and basketball. But I'm going to slide it over uh, to our producer, Crazy Ray, to talk about a women's recruit who uh, signed and committed this week. Oh, you got me excited. This is like breaking, breaking. But okay. <laughs> I mean, it still feels, I can't believe it's real. Yeah. TCU women's basketball continues their momentum as they were able to land and sign Haley Cavender, who retired, like, says she was stepping away from basketball to pursue a pro wrestling career with her twin sister, um, Hannah. And then decided after a couple of months of doing that, that she is like, no, I want to play basketball. So she is, she was out in the transfer market and Mark Campbell has continued his transfer portal dominance and landed Haley Cavender. It all started whenever he was able to get Sedona Prince. She was the one that really kicked ball, uh, kicked all this off. And it was a huge deal because Sedona has a huge social media following. She has over 2 million followers on TikTok and over 200,000 followers on Instagram. So Haley Cavender comes, commits to TCU. She's got almost 750,000 followers on Instagram and over 4 million followers on TikTok. Damn. Which if you added up every TCU sports team social media site, it would equal about half the number of that. Jacob, you are muted. That is sorry. I, yeah, you're right. Um, I'm going to assume the answer is no, but are there any players that even come close in any other sport? Uh, so, I mean, other than Sedona Prince, no. Like Max Duggan, uh, yeah, has gonna... sixty-eight thousand followers on Instagram. What about like yeah. LT? <laughs> like, what? now I'm curious. I don't know his follower account, but All I right. can guarantee you it approaches nowhere near that. Well, All right, Ray, I have a question if, for you. So he doesn't even have a Twitter. If you I'm, guys yeah. were uh, if you guys are worried about her settling in in DFW, I just saw a tweet from yeah, I guess she's, her, she's her Snapchat. She was out at Nick and Sam's with Cowboys tight end Jake Ferguson. So she's Aren't they dating? In, settling they, in nicely. They are dating. Yes. Yeah, and, I thought that was Jake a boyfriend. Ferguson is a recruiter for TCU now. Is that what you're telling me? 
I think that's what I'm hearing. He's the lead recruiter, I would All right. say. <laughs> well, here's here's my promise to the podcast and to you personally, Ray. Um, I will hang out at Nick and Sam's because I literally live 30 seconds away from it. So that'll become my new go-to spot. I'll become friends with with Jake and Haley, and I'll I'll give you all the inside scoop. Man, friend of the pod, they're doing it for the pod. Doing it. For Let's the get listener. them on. Let's get them both on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump into um, some interesting stuff, you know, soon. But Ray, I've got one more question for you on this okay. topic. You know the uh, I don't know the the hashtag for TCU football: all steak, no sizzle. Um, I, I wouldn't describe it as uh, actually following that, but for this for this recruiting, you know, commitment, is this all sizzle no steak? Is she going to play actual you know basketball? Is is, is it going to be um, important, or is it truly like, hey, we're going to get more eyes on the program? This is going to help us for further recruiting classes, and that alone is good enough. So it's both. Um, In this case, she, for her career, split between Fresno State and Miami, has averaged 16 points a game, just over six assists a game. And that's, I mean, that's, I'll take that every night. I mean, you're getting, that's really good play from a guard. I don't know if she'll play the two or she'll play the one next year for TC basketball, but if they can get that kind of that level of production, I mean, that's really well, good. You never answered my question in the group chat. Is 16 points per game like the national leading score? It is not the national leading score. Okay. Um, I just need to put it in perspective. Women's basketball is on the rise. Uh, <laughs> there are really good athletes across the board in the sport. Um, where this helps, really helps TCU – is I can't imagine what their NIL evaluation is now. It, that came out earlier this week for TC women's basketball, and they had two of the top 10 players already in NIL evaluation in Sedona and Jaden. I just, okay. you know, Haley's got to be at the top, um, if not right by it. I mean, I think of her as like in the same category as uh, Angel Reese from LSU and Olivia Dunn. From LSU. So, okay. So my question is, how does that specifically help TCU versus just their own personal brand? So it helps TCU in that they have such a following. They get so, so many eyeballs on them that it's a, you know, marketing windfall for TCU that you can market your school through these athletes and generate more revenue for. You know, I was surprised to learn in researching what the revenue was like for women's basketball at TCU that they generated seven million in revenue last year. Okay. Um, and you're just going to only widen, you know, add more to that, which then it turns affects the entire department and the other programs across uh, TCU. But how so specifically? So women's basketball say they make fourteen million. How does that resonate throughout? like other sports it's money that uh you know it's like you know they say everyone everyone says football pays for everything right where if football's not happening to front the bill on this right there's more money available there that can go to other programs not necessarily like you know reinvest it back into football you can reinvest it back into women's uh basketball 
so you can continue that money train. But then it can also help prop up your equestrian team, your rifle team, your beach volleyball team. Or your Lepton Stadium, perhaps? Or your Lepton Stadium, you know? Okay. Send some revenue money. You know, the athletic department controls where the revenue is going, right? So essentially, if that if women's basketball can better self-support themselves, that frees up more football spillover into other sports. Is that what you're saying? It, I would think in theory, yes. I think, I think it might even... So, sorry, go ahead, Martin. I think it might even go a step further than that because in college athletics, not a lot of sports make money, right? It's football is making like 80% majority of your your athletic um, spending. Um, men's basketball and then women's basketball is right there. Well, not right there, but they're profitable. They bring in money. So if they – so Ray was saying – well, you showed me, Ray. They were a top 25 uh, revenue – they brought in top 25 revenue in what, all of college basketball? In- yeah, in college basketball, between the two sports, they're 23rd in the country okay. in generating revenue. And women's basketball has not particularly been a good product. So with this, you know, with these large social media followings and and with the team actually being good, you know, they could build, I guess, a monster as far as women's basketball. So not only could um, it be paying for itself, but also other women's sports mm. like women's lacrosse um you know they could add that maybe down down the line with it um now being sponsored by the big 12 and when you add more sports you are growing the school you're getting more eyeballs on the school and more people interested in going to that school which is really you know all about yeah no that makes total sense and what i'm thinking is um, so we had Jeremiah Donati on before the football season and he was pretty eager about coming on again. So I'd love to have him on and get his take on kind of how this all funnels out. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear his thoughts on it. I mean, he has to be um, doing cartwheels we, in his we've got, right now. We've got a very, um, uh, we appreciate Damon, you joining in the chat. Um, thanks for, for chiming in. You got a lot of comments that are, I'm kind of no, I'm having to mute myself because I'm laughing at him. Uh, but one of the one of the comments is: Imagine Bryce Harper playing for uh, the the Frogs his draft year. Would no, just good? the Frog. The Frog. <laughs> this is the Frog singular. Yeah, would, this so. good, would this be a good analogy? Um, I, and I made a comment back that if Bryce Harper had a million followers, maybe. I, so I, it's just a different world, you know, like. It is an interesting question because I remember reading about Bryce Harper in Sports Illustrated when he was 12. So right. before social media was a thing, Bryce Harper was already, you know, gaining a lot of eyeballs, you know, on print media or whatever. So think of Bryce Harper as like a generational talent. And I don't think Haley Cavender is a general. She's not like Caitlin Clark. Like Caitlin Clark runs women's college basketball right now. She is incredible. Yeah, I've heard of her. She's, She's on the really Allstate commercials now. I think. Oh, is she really? State Farm. State Farm. State Farm. State Farm. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, so she's with Ma- Mahomes and Maotto. Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mahomes and Maotto. Man, Travis Kelsey's got a lot of names now. <laughs> <laughs> it's anyway. Well, that's certainly interesting. Um, 
yeah, I didn't really know what to think about it. I knew she was big on TikTok or whatever, but you know, she, like from afar, it's pretty safe to have an opinion that she's big, not because of basketball necessarily. Okay. Here, here's so think um, of this like this. So last year, TCU women's basketball made headlines across uh, the NCAA. You know, they were in the New York Post, People Magazine, MSNBC, Yahoo, all because they had a brawl on their court whenever right. they got in a huge fight. Well, this year, you know, they're making the same headlines, the same publications, but they're doing that for recruiting. So no and, WWE uh, on the court this this time? No, hopefully no WWE on the court. No people's elbows being thrown. So here's what I want to know, Ray. If you if you get a chance to interview Haley Cavender, I would like you to um, first ask Haley. You know, a lot of has been made of this uh, this Baylor TCU game. Um, what are your thoughts on the uh, <laughs> the new trophy uh, of the Blue Bonnet Battle? Yeah, the burning question, <laughs> that, right? That, that, that the student governments have designed. Uh, you know, MK, just a little sidebar real quick. I do know for a fact that her final three schools, it was between TCU, Miami, going back to Miami, or Baylor. Oh, God. Hell, yeah. So she well, has an opinion on it. So, MK, do you want to start off? I think we should cover the blue bonnet crap and just get this out of the way. Do you want to uh, just kind of set up the segment? Everyone's aware we have a new name for the TCU Baylor annual matchup. Uh, it's been going on for, what, 118 years at this point? And the student governments get together and decide, hey, fellas, let's come up with a new name that works for everybody. Um, <laughs> instead of the revivalry or maybe even something like as simple as TCU Baylor, uh, they come up with a new name that no one's ever heard of, no one's ever thought of. Uh, and unfortunately, um, people are upset about the, the new name for this annual game, which I'm, I'm afraid that we're never going to get rid of because it's going to come up with, you know, the, the, um, official TCU, uh, signage and and trophy and all that stuff is the blue bonnet battle. Um, blue bonnet battle. The first it's thing just... I thought about was um, was meh. You know that was my first thought. I was like really that that's all we got. Um, what do you guys think when you first heard of the the blue bonnet battle? Okay, this was so... this was actually released. This was um, I don't, what do you say? It was it was. Uh, Xed about a couple yeah, it, it started making waves. I think last week I thought it was a joke. Texas game. Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, so yeah, when I first heard about it, I didn't really pay much attention to it because I thought, well, this is so dumb. This is never going to gain legs. Like I'm just going to ignore this and move on with my life. And then I find out that the governments are involved, the student governments, the administration. It becomes like an official thing that they're going to ram down our throats. And it makes no sense to me. So now I'm like, damn it. Now I have to actually invest some emotion in this. And what's the comment? Listen, all right. So this has been bugging me last couple of days, as it has most people. I just go to Twitter and you'll see. But I'm thinking about this and it's like the blue bonnet battle. Okay. It sounds like a name 
it sounds like pretty much the only name that can make it through so many levels of red tape and just <laughs> just kind of milk toasting it all the way to you know make sure everybody's on board and approves it and it, it doesn't offend anybody. And okay, so there's a couple other things too. One, how can you introduce something that's been around for 118 years? That's like that's my biggest pet peeve. This whole thing. It's so funny. The audacity <laughs> of them to tweet introducing. No, this is like who do you think you are? Jacob, Jacob, all I could think of, like looking at the two student governments, is that meme of that kid in the mirror. It's like you're gonna get in there and you're gonna make this about you. Who do they think they are? <laughs> introducing something. And then, okay, so. TCU Baylor for for TCU Baylor is the one true hated rival we have. We have rivalries with Tech. We have rivals with SMU, but we hate Baylor. And when Baylor's good, when when Baylor's good and their fans actually care about their football program, they hate us back. And you're going to market this rivalry, which both schools legit hate each other, with a fucking flower. <laughs> made of arts and crafts from like the local Hobby Lobby in Waco. Dude, yeah, it really, it literally looks like it was thrown together. And <laughs> does, like, so, so I love the comment of it. It said it looked like you had a semester long project due that you did the night before <laughs> it was due. That's what um, it looks like, Jacob. I think yeah. you were you were talking about uh, the comment from our our guy at CBS, Shehan Jayaraja. He was like, "This is." Um, it's, it's like two student governments came together to come up with a name that would be approved by the student, by the administrations at both schools, right? Yes. It, it's the most generic bland focus, focus group it, tested. It has politics smeared all over it. And, and, and on the back, that's actually politics. From oh the my back. goodness. Yes. Both student, you both said student that. governments have their Look. logos in place and on the back of the trophy. So why are people so <laughs> mad about this? Well, because it reeks of politics which is the reason why people like sports so much is to get away from politics. Yeah, politics right? At least in part. This is my escape. Yes. So that's that why stuff like, you know, what is it? Minnesota and Iowa have like the brown jug. It's like, could you come up with something stupid for or once? nothing? Yeah. There were some yeah. cool ideas. Fine without it. <laughs> the rivalry has been fine without all this government crap getting involved. What's the, the payoff? What is the hey, payoff for them to put it on their resumes so they the go best. get a job in DC? Is the best <laughs> the best year of the rivalry the year before Browse got fired when 2015. there was so twenty fifteen was eight between GP and you could tell you know it's like talking about the school down south like you wouldn't even name the school. <laughs> That was when it was. Wasn't that the ice, the ice monsoon? Yes, yeah, 20, 2015. There was, there was like we had a lot of injuries that year. We didn't have the best year. We still made the Alamo, Alamo Bowl. Still won the Alamo Bowl. But Baylor was trying to win the conference and get into the college football playoff, and we yeah. took them down in like one of the most like epic NFL film settings that you could ever even dream of, God, and the hate man. between the two sidelines. Just it, it transcends anything that the freaking student governments can get involved in. At the height of our anger yesterday, uh, we sent out a tweet. Uh, Give us your best alternate name for the TCU Baylor game. Should I read some of those? You should. And I actually kind of feel bad that I didn't go through and mark because, okay, so when I, I sent this tweet out, 
And for like the first hour, nobody responded. And I said, well, I guess this is a dud. Well, now we have like a billion names to yeah. choose. I love I, I, it. There was actually a Baylor fan that chimed in today and said, wow, there's like 50 names in here that are already better than anything they came up with. I've got a name for y'all before y'all read it. Go for it. Horny McBearface. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's still better than Blue Bonnet Battle. Get the flower out of it. Dude, That's what pisses and me off. Are Blue Bonnets more known around the hill country down towards yeah, Austin dude. than like you have to like, between? Like, if you want to like drive and like get your Blue Bonnet pictures, you have to like fucking travel to go do that. And then they're all dead in football season, anyways. I'm trying to think what makes me more mad is looking at the trophy, which is just atrocious, or actually. The fact that it it's bringing two fan bases that hate each other together on on hate week, you know. Oh, uh, no. And then you have, Miranda, so you, have, you have Miranda out there saying, you know, I just really respect the TC program and Coach Sonny Dykes. And what what the fuck are we doing? Fuck so off. in this we, in this conference, we now have a sunflower showdown and a blue bonnet battle. I don't know much about the sunflower showdown, but I hope that at least has some historical ties to it. I'm sure and it, does. it was like it was organic and the fans approved it ma- of it versus it makes sense. having their student governments ram it down our throats. Do you Here we think go. That this was a conspiracy driven from the conference. Well, and, and that's the other thing. And I'm sorry, MK, I don't want to get to these names, but what what's I don't understand the payoff. Like, is there money? To be gained from this, yeah, I don't, this I just is don't a get protected it. rivalry now in the Big 12. They felt like they had to name it something. A bunch no, of guys can sit around and shake hands and say, look, we did that. That's and I thought, um, so Drake Toll is a very controversial figure figure in the purple <laughs> parts of town. But I thought when he said, just because you put effort into something doesn't make it good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, let's, let's, let's go through some of these. Some better names that we've seen proposed from our guy, Zach Sim, uh, Zachary Sim down in Texas. <laughs> The Crusades, all right? Private School Royale. <laughs> the Crusades uh, is a badass name. And, okay, I'm sorry, I cut you off there because you were yeah. probably going to say the Holy War. So the Holy War, you can't really do that because of BYU and uh, – or who is it? BYU. Yeah, BYU, and Utah. BYU and Utah. Yeah. Which is all right, be, all right. Which I don't understand the re- I don't understand the religious ties to Utah. But another point I want to make real quick was is – is this is the drive behind doing this to permanently distance from any kind of religious ties to the rivalry? Feels I like have it. heard that that was the reason why TCU did not want the rivalry. Yeah, right. I heard those grumblings. I don't know. And and real quick, that's true. On the, but real quick on the rivalry, I really didn't like that name. It's hard to say, and it is. I, I've just been fine with TCU Baylor because the rivalry speaks for itself. You don't need to market it with a catchy name. Like TCU Baylor says it all to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it just makes me think of, man, that was peak right. rivalry. Right. I just you think of TCU? 2014 through 2017. Exactly. And that's the thing. When you say TCU Baylor, it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to the names, though. Clint Foster had a whole list. Yeah. Some of our favorites. The Kalachi Kerfuffle. Funny. Funny. Pecan Clash. The Arson Bowl. Pretty good. Very specific. That (laughs) That would have never been approved by the admins. Um, The (laughs) Altar Call Brawl. 
Uh, I also heard another one called the altercation. Yeah, that's from Granger yeah. Tally. Uh, that that's good. a good one. Altercation. Like uh, Riverside riot, uh, communion confrontation. We've got, let's see, Battle of the Blessed. Okay, from our guy Scott Gray. <laughs> Elizabeth Gleaton says the Battle of Good versus Evil, which <laughs> and then it's all yeah, evil. And, and then you're debating like who's who's who, yeah. right? Yeah, what, who's which good in this? <laughs> yeah, then you can argue about which who's who, right? I like that one. Like right the now, family the Bible ones. The family Bible. I, actually, the more I think about this one, the more I that's Dude, becoming my favorite. The Battle of Good versus Evil. evil. MK, how about the Motel Bible? Motel Bible. All right. <laughs> the uh, William Dixon says the wife just said battle at the brimstone or battle at the pearly gates. <laughs> so he had he had a few of himself. The Kalashi Clash, the conflict of 1899, the rumble at the rivers. <laughs> I like the conflict of 1899. <laughs> I like That's that one. That's a good too. one. If Check you want to, if you want a distance from any religious ties, there's some, there's a lot of good. And that brings history into it. Uh huh. Check stop mm -hmm. confrontation by uh, TCU Hypnotoad. It's good. The Battle of I-35. This is from Anna. Ben uh, Herman, our uh, our buddy uh, in Oklahoma, who's been sending us tickets. Thank you, Ben. Uh, the Baptist beatdown. I like that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Baylor would know if, be on board. Yeah, no. <laughs> probably get installed in the house. <laughs> yeah. Does it get sit rejected back to committee? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so this one's off the cuff. I just came up with. What about the Christian sacrifice? <laughs> <laughs> All right, if we're gonna go religion, I say the Crusades. Yeah. If if you're gonna distance from religion, then I like uh, the Battle of Good versus Evil. Is it the Crusades with an S or just the Crusade, like the singular? Okay, yeah, sure. We can, yeah, Crusade, that's fine. I'm really liking the uh, arson altercation. I like that a lot. <laughs> okay. 90 Are miles of hate from, uh, this. is this the real Horn Frog, Larry? All right, real some one. comments from our... Uh, no, this is a fake. Oh, chat. it's Horn Frog, Larry, not um, Iowa State guy. But 90 miles of hate. Highway to Hell in the Arson War. Damon, like Damon from the chat says uh, the Battle of Sunday School. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Why not just um, like battle the Bra you know battle the Brazos? Are we it, on the Brazos though? That's the only thing. Yeah, we used to be. It's close enough. Ooh, that was a when nice. When TCU was in Pecan Plantation, the Brazos I, was right there. I enjoyed that uh, that little sound off. I don't think I've done that since the Bryles hire. The Brazos Trinity conflict. I don't know. Um, All right. Anyway, it was uh, it was quite a week. Uh, so, how do you think? Um, hold on, real quick. So, I I kind of lobbied to the uh, Anon Army because I think most of them are students to like spread the word through the student section to chant um, "trash that trophy." <laughs> so, I, I, my question is, how do you think it'll be received when they make like a formal announcement and they bring out the student government so they can get clapped for and cheered uh, for? Like, do you think enough people? Like, Twitter is kind of a microcosm, but not necessarily representative of the mass public. Do you think people will care? They'll just generically cheer, or do I you think, think? I think we scared student government away from any um, anybody wanting a picture with that. So, you don't think they're both going to come out at halftime 
No, Dude, that's I, not I, how hey, that's not how politicians work. What I'm they, telling you they, is, they politicians down, love photo ops. They I, they I'm, double down and then they just <laughs> they just wait. They outweigh you. You're mad I, about it, and they outweigh you. And they I win. would put I would put money down that no one's going to be out there except football players. And when TCU holds that up, you got you're going to be have a couple players to hold it up like they are enjoying holding the. Will trophy. they even hold did you, it up? Did y'all see the quote from Griffin Kell today in the presser? I guess it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. guess it's pretty cool. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, you know, if right. they took off if they, if they took off the wood and made it only a shield, I might be on board. You know, because it has it has arm straps in the back. Like Make it, it like was, Captain America's shield. Exactly. I might be on board with that. I wonder if it's removable from the wood. MK. I wonder if you could, I wonder if I could hold it like a shield. <laughs> you want to read Martin's suggestion in the chat? The shootout at Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, oh, there's a Twin Peaks by uh, TCU now. It has it has a deep <laughs> deep meaning. Yeah, you got to go to Google for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. All right. So everyone well, hates the blue bonnet battle. Yeah. Everyone thanks. Thanks everybody for all the suggestions. That was overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun. But to cover uh, up that bad PR, TCU dropped some new uh, uniforms to wear new helmet today. What do yeah. you think about that? Yeah. I mean, okay. So you want to talk about the helmets? Um, I like them generally. I think, I wonder what they would look like if, the horn frog wasn't so round, you know, if they kind of made it a little longer, a little shorter, just a little. Mm -hmm. Should be a little bigger too. Wouldn't you like to see a bigger horn frog? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, MK, what do you think? MK probably has the best fashion out of all of us. So I just, I just <laughs> wish the red on the sticker matched the red of the face mask. I don't understand why it's two different shades of red. Mm, I don't even think I noticed that. But that's that the same. So day. the logo is the same one that they've given to. Um, did they do that to uh, Homefield or another company? It's the same one. I feel like it's yeah, a it Charlie is. Hustle. Uh, okay, Charlie Hustle. Or okay. any other companies we won't oh, mention so other than our friends at Hell's Half Acre Stadium Goods. <laughs> the the logo is the same one that they've given to whatever company, right? So it's yeah. that didn't change. It was just the colors, and they turned it into the spit blood. Um, I, I guess I'm, I don't know. I'm, how do I say this without, you know, kind of going off the deep end here? I'm just skeptical. I don't know. I'm, I'm skeptical of the release of some of these things. Like we've been kind of, you know, uh, talking about in terms of whether it's the, you know, the blue bonnet battle and they release this trophy that everyone hates or, uh, uh, a new release of text messages from Kaz Kazadi, yeah. you know, based on what his time at Baylor. And, and I'm not going to talk about that. That's not the point of the podcast. Uh, okay. But. So I didn't know if I, I hesitated earlier because we didn't discuss going into that before, but I'm not, even, brought, I'm not yeah. going to get into it. I just want to be on the record saying like, it's not good. I just want to state my position there. It's, and it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to even go into because she's like, I'm reading this and I'm like, I feel like it's not good, but I don't know all the details. I don't know all the background stuff. Who knows if TCU admin knew this ahead of time? I, I don't know because whatever. those texts just, the text just got released. So, so every piece of good news that has come out this week, um, whether it's 
Cavender, which I know she was not associated with any of this stuff. I'm not saying she was. Whether it was the the football helmet, the the flame video, which was so badass. Um, I'm just I'm skeptical. I'm a skeptical Horn Frogs fan, and we really, you know, we don't want to turn people off uh, in terms of you know we've had Donati on, we've had players on, we've had you know other coaches from other sports on, and so the last thing I want to do is be like. Hey, here's you know here's all this terrible stuff about the frogs, um, and we'll never get another great guest. You know, no, but at the same the time, truth. like just for, um, I guess authenticity on our part, we can't just you know be mouthpieces for PR, right? Like we're not affiliated with the school. We should cover them fairly. If if something's bad, we should be able to say something's bad. Right, and that's but that's the thing. It's like I don't even know. In the you know this week has been so up and down. It's like I don't. There's information that I don't have. Right. right. It could be. It could be good. It also could be very bad. And like, it's all, it's also, it's also okay to issue an opinion based on information we have and say right. maybe we don't have all the information, but based on what we know, it's bad. Yeah. Or it's good. You know. And Whatever. I and I and there's no way to come up with helmets in in the last 24 hours and be like, oh my gosh, we came up with these so we can uh pu- you know push down all the bad news like that. That I understand that doesn't happen. This stuff is in planning for weeks and months, and they figure out the the you know the, the yeah. appropriate time to roll this stuff out. So I, I'm not I don't want to turn everything negative against you know the frogs. It's no, just- you're right. I mean, th- they had this stuff planned in advance, like last week with the um, I call them the grimaces, the all purple jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't decided just because oh my god we're losing and people might not come to the games. Let's throw a hail mary out there and try to draw interest. And same thing with these helmets. But like, the release of them is decided. Yeah, but like you can I mean, they, they do uniform releases every week. I mean, yeah, we unveiled a new helmet in the beginning of the season. The grimaces weren't released till last Thursday, right? So you're saying like the the two the days timing? Can, yeah, okay. the timing of it could be those decisions could be changed throughout the season depending yeah. on like what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I guess yeah. if it's if you get Kazadi text on a Monday night, you might move up your helmet release to Tuesday morning. Yeah, we'll have a sure. we'll do it with the and coincide with the sunny press conference that he does every Tuesday mm-hmm. morning. Yeah. No, I mean, but look, if they, uh, we see, learned if they want to wear the they want to wear the grapes more often. I'm all for wearing the grapes. As I've been calling for it for years. I didn't I think loved they would it. actually do it. <laughs> I loved it. All that to say We've we've had some good news. We've had some weird and bad news this week, and I feel conflicted as a Horn Frog fan, right? As a fan, that knowing that there's things happening in the background that I don't have all the information about, and I don't feel good about, while at the same time trying to celebrate. Holy crap! This helmet is badass, you know. And uh, yeah. do I want to buy a you know a sweatshirt that well apparently wasn't even. Uh, wasn't even able to be filled by the TCU bookstore because they ran out of order so fast. But so let me ask you this: how would how would you feel if everything was the same except our record was whatever? How many games we played? Like seven and three. It's a good question. It's an honest question. I mean, I because hope... winning winning to an extent cures all, right? But here's the thing: so we so we lost. The national championship, yeah, by 100 points, and then what was it? Within a week, week and a half, they announced the OC change. Yep, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel great about that, and that was the best I felt about TCU football in a long time. 
You know. Yeah, I'll, but okay, true. But don't you think? Well, in a way, isn't that kind of an extreme example? I don't know. I mean, there's been times that you're right. There's been times in the past where a player will you know, you find out he's been arrested, or there's a domestic violence issue in the background yeah. and he's held out for the game and you're like all right how do i feel about this do i continue to cheer as much as i have for the team or do i hold back and try to you know do i judge this do i you know make try to make a statement you know and not go to the game or whatever and i think those things have popped up periodically here and there well we had oh. this debate too right like when we did the Kendall Bryles episode we talked about how does this affect your support of the program and ultimately where i landed was you know, Chandler Morris doesn't deserve my boycott. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can say my boycott doesn't mean anything, but just philosophically, you know, Kendall or Chandler Morris and the players didn't have any say on who their OC is. Right. Exactly. So they, they'd still yeah. deserve me in the stands, you know, putting up my three for third down and doing whatever super minuscule part, you know, I contribute. Right. You're right. Just on a philosophical Jacob. level, you know. What but I'm like to to your point, I mean, I, I think obviously, I mean, the, the more wins you have, the darker tint of those purple glasses you're wearing are are going to be. Just look at Georgia. Like Georgia had dudes killing people after the national championship game, but they were still drunk off champagne. You think Georgia fans were like, "Man, what's the problem with our program?" No, they were like, "Bring us more natties." That was yeah. the problem. They were drunk on champagne. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did y'all uh, uh, did y'all listen to the call in from Tyler uh, who called into Dabo Sweeney's uh, radio show? Uh, you mean? Do you about... think that was a plant? Uh, that he I, wanted to go on that rant, and they I had don't, someone because if it was Dabo wasn't on. in on it. I don't know. I think Dabo. I think my ears are up to that. I think that dude was a plant. They let him go on forever. Um. I don't know about that, but since you brought up Dabo, and it does kind of relate to this, so Jimbo Fisher was fired. What? Yeah. <laughs> Hold and... on, they actually did it? Are y'all being serious the, right now? That is the absolute <laughs> dream, to get fired and then get oh paid like God. 80 Oh, my God, God. dude. Look, dude, me, and, please, me and my coworkers, I want that. Me and my coworkers talk about all the time, like, I just need to get a golden parachute. That's my that's my career goal. Like, I mean, rise to a level, suck at it, and get a golden parachute. The only reason you're still on the show, um, Garrett, is because we can't fire you because you're buyout money. Dang yeah. it! Dang yeah. it! Yeah, I mean, you still have it's nine the, years left the, on your deal. Your new year. I know it's it's the golden handcuffs, boys. <laughs> but okay, hey, so uh, before so, we move off of Ed Orgeron, I just want to heard. <laughs> <laughs> We never got on him. Oh, okay. No, okay. I want to bring him up. <laughs> okay, Ray, go ahead. I'll finish my point talking, later. Y'all were talking about buyouts, and it made me think of Ed Ogeron. Um, what he said whenever he got fired from LSU. <laughs> they told him, we've got $17 million. You've got $17 million left on your contract. We're going to give to you. Ogeron told him, what time, what time do you want me to leave, and what door do you want me to walk out of, brother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that Ed Ogeron, man. <clears throat> Damon asks, what if AM goes for Sonny Dykes? Well, so here's the thing about that. Sonny Dykes was just signed to an extension this offseason. 
Um, AM, I know like oil money's fake, it's all monopoly money and stuff, but they're they still got 75 million paid to pay to Jimbo. And they're gonna so they're gonna I pay think, their, their remainder to coach Gary Patterson down to college station. They're not bringing in Gary Patterson, and Martin can explain. Awesome. Martin has a really good take on Gary Patterson and why TCU was the perfect job for him and it wouldn't work. Martin, do you want to go into that? Because Gary Patterson's name's coming up for like UCLA, AM, maybe Arkansas, but I don't think he goes. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I like what Martin said. Martin, go ahead. Um, I mean, I don't remember specifically what I said, but he's kind of he's kind of weird and he wants to do things his own way. And you know, at a big school like AM where they can't get out of their own way, you know, they're not going to give them the reins to everything. So he's not going to go somewhere where he's not going to have full control. And that's precisely the point that I had in mind. But also, too, Gary's like anti-NIL and all that. Like he just wants to coach old school football on a dusty field and, you know, do like you said, Martin, do things his way. So I'm, I want to say that – Sonny Dykes is not really an opportunity because I don't think AM, as deep as their pockets are, are going to spend that much money on a buyout. I don't know exactly what it is, but I started thinking about um, Davo Swinney because I saw today that his buyout is only like $5 million. And r- going back to, you know, you, you kind of hear the frustration in Dabo at Clemson right now. He may be looking for a fresh start somewhere. Yeah, that sounds like a good fit, but AM is AM doesn't it's like they're allergic to hiring a good football coach. No, but they're they're not allergic to hiring a name and Dabo's right, a name. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is that he's a name. Uh yeah, they usually go for a name. I was thinking maybe like Dion. So I don't like Dion there because the first thing Dion would do is show up and he's canceling Midnight Yell. Like day one. And Dion works at a program like Colorado that has nothing to lose and just say, all right, Dion, man, it's your show. He gets down to college station. They're going to say, all right, Dion, welcome to our show. Here's how it's going to be done. And Dion's going to say, hell no. And he'll get all the, he'll get all the yell beaters, some super cool sunglasses. Well, Dion is his own tradition. He's going to create his own and A&M. I don't think would. uh, That's exactly, that's exactly my point, right? Like Colorado. Dion saying whoop. <laughs> no, dude, he's not like Jimbo was to his credit was a good sport about all that, even though he was visibly annoyed with all that crap at AM, like when he first got hired. But Dion's not going to be a good sport. It's Dion's show. And Colorado gave him that freedom because they had nothing to lose. Yeah, I read in some article the other day that he's like not coming out with Ralphie or something. The team is not coming out with Ralphie. Because he's scared of the bison. Right. <laughs> and they said, yes, sir, Mr. Dion. Do you blame him? him? <laughs> he's not trying bison to change it up. He's just... Yeah. So he's I, a... I would keep an eye on... I think the tr- the favorites right now... I saw the list earlier, but Dabo Swinney was not even on the list, but I'd say keep an eye on that. I, I, I would go with Dan Lanning with Oregon, depending on what they so, do. I think of all the people that have been asked about it, Dan Lanning kind of had the strongest denial, not a denial. Yeah, if he's got unfinished mean, business there in Oregon. Well, st- he's yeah, like, of course he he's does. like, I'm paid well. I don't want to move until they until no they don't make the leave. until they don't make the playoff, and then things change. You know. Yeah. <laughs> if well, they actually wanted to hire a good coach, I think they'd get the guy from UTSA, uh, Jeff Trailer. But that would be the smart move. 
Exactly. That okay, he's not going to do that. Martin, question: If if you had a lower level coach that jumped up to A and M, like um, Trailer or what's it? Uh, was it Kinney or Kin or at uh, Texas State? Something. I mean, they, he would never go to A and M. Just saying. Would Patterson no, take, would Patterson take a? Uh, uh, sorry, A and M would never hire him. Oh, okay, that's a different story. Um, well, they Patterson, might. Would Patterson they, take they a lower smart. level job, or is he looking for something larger? I think Patterson would be looking for a similar position that he had at TCU, maybe something like Baylor. Jesus, that would be wild. That would be wild. <laughs> could, could you imagine? And, I, and you know, Baylor's going to let Gary do whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Oh, they Man. would. Also, the, no, that the, would be that would be one hell of a blue bonnet battle, right there. Yeah. <laughs> you want to make a statement? The blue bonnet battle. <laughs> now you, I'll call it the blue bonnet battle for sure. You have Gary on one side, you'll have a Bryles on the other. Man, oh, oh, it oh, is baby. back. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I walked away as Martin drops a bomb like Gary Patterson to Baylor. Bring back Art as a uh, offensive analyst. Why the hell oh, not? Oh my Let's god. <laughs> You imagine? There's no way. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I was thinking about this too. Is Oh, okay. Hey, real quick on the, yep. on this topic. Sorry. Keep that uh, thought. Yep. Uh, Jacob Damon had a great comment that I just want to pull it up. So let's say Kleiman uh, takes a bigger job at Is it this one. Uh, yeah. Well, so Kleiman goes to uh, let's say Michigan, Michigan State. State. Or Michigan when uh, Harbaugh goes to Michigan when Harbaugh goes to the Bears, you know, whatever that is. And then you have an opening at Kansas State. That would be a perfect opening for Gary Patterson. Great comment, David. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting thought. And I like that. Um, So thinking about this, this A&M thing and even extending it to somewhere like Texas, is is there another sport where an organization success is so heavily weighted with the culture of that organization. Like you have donors, high money donors that have their hands so involved in the operations of a college athletics program. And you've seen it all the time, like with Texas having the best facilities, all the money in the world, but they still can't win. Same with AM. And I was just thinking, the culture of a program can make or break it much more than say like an an NBA team or an NFL team where you just get some good players and a good coach. And there's not really all those outside influences like there is in college sports. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys. The only other copy I was going to say, sorry, Martin, go ahead. I would say the Dallas Cowboys have those outside influences. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Your only, your only comp would be the Jones family. That's all I so, really think yes. of. But at least the Jones family itself has won three three Super Bowls, and they're in contention every year. You know, it's not like the Cowboys are a bad football organization. They just they have bad luck in the playoffs. And you could attribute mm-hmm. that to culture or whatever, but, you know, they win 10-plus games every year. Okay, I've got one for you. Enron. Hmm. 
No follow up. <laughs> that was a good one. Y'all know it. Nope. We're laying out. Nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna reduce that <laughs> That's layout. The longest layout we've ever had on this show. <laughs> Y'all wanted been an example. Where we needed layouts, but Enron oh, is shoot. a good example. Probably. Dude, it's funny to talk about like the AM culture issues and then also that that the Texas culture issues and they keep kind of falling on like off their own shoelaces all the time. And that's kind of what makes this year so frustrating with Texas is it's all coming together for them Dude. on their last year in this stupid conference and they're doing what they're doing. And it makes me so mad. Damon with another good point. Uh soccer and EPL. Like you think of like Man U or Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, I think with soccer, especially in the international leagues, it's who has the biggest pocketbook. You know, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily attributed to culture as much as it is just buying championships. But because, I mean, you, you don't see teams that are kind of middle of the road payroll wise rising up and winning a league. It's you, you can correlate. Roster. That was one time. One time. (laughs) Uh, AFC Richmond. Um, MK, welcome back. Uh, You walked away while I was asking my very philosophical question. But Ray Ray torpedoed it. So Uh, we are 53 minutes into the pod and we haven't mentioned the Texas game or baseball. Real quick, have you been to AM? Have you guys been to AM game? Not yet. Yes. 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 Sure have. I mean, it's quite an experience. It's pretty fun. It is. There's a lot of popping circumstance going on. It's a lot of fun. Do they have bubble guns? at a A&M game, though. Do they have what, Martin? Do they have those bubble guns? That's baseball. <laughs> they, they don't have the bubble guns, unfortunately. Okay. Um, they say, like, first down, first down. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, so the frogs did play a football game on Saturday. Did you guys? Yeah, uh, football's becoming less and less relevant, but we're fifty-four minutes in. I guess we should address it, dude. MK, this is how relevant football has become to me. I opted to watch TCU volleyball instead of football. Well, you're in the strong minority on that, but yeah, I, I get your point. Um, frogs were down twenty-six to six at halftime. Uh, kind of a, a rough first half. They go on and score 20 in the fourth quarter and actually make it a game, only lose 29 to 26. Uh, for whatever reason, there were some halftime adjustments by the defense. Uh, offense d- picked up where we thought they would be all season, you know, in the second half. And we're like, wow, this is the team that we were kind of expecting uh, to score points and move the ball. Uh, and they held Quinn Ewers to, to basically nothing in that second half. Um I left disappointed because we didn't win. However, um, I know people want to make fun of um, the moral victory, but I didn't feel that bad, fellas. I'm going to be honest. Um, okay. And hold on. Hold I on. Did. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So credit to TCU for not giving up, but – more importantly, big shout out to Texas for laying down in the fourth quarter. That that was a fake comeback, MK. Dude, yeah. I think of it as like in basketball, whenever a team's up big and then yeah. another team makes a run and gets back into it and kind of closes the gap late. And the winning team has to put their starters back in. And yeah, yeah 
That was exactly my thought too. It was a fake comeback, MK. That's fine. Well, That's we didn't fine. lay down. We we could have we could have gotten yes. rolled. So it's going to say we could have given up. We could have lost by fifty points, but they Again. they did hang in there. But I mean, that aside, there's still enough moments in that game that were were so frustrating personally that I, I still walked away without feeling good about about the uh, about the run in the fourth quarter. Um, I think a lot of that stems from coming away from inside the three yard line with no points and throwing a fade route on fourth down inside your own three. So I want to be clear. Um, um, Like you said, walking away feeling good. I was expecting to walk away feeling like crap because we were going to get beat by 40. So when, when the, when the game is by three points, I didn't feel worse or, or better. I just felt, I'm like, okay, that that's fine. Like I don't feel worse about the team. Right. And and they ended up, they you ended up getting that. the they ended up getting the result that they've been getting all year, which is good enough to be in the game, not good enough to win it. MK, yeah, you, that's a good you way said that uh, you were think going into the game thinking they were going to get curb stomped. Yeah, I did. I was around campus all day leading up to it, and there was a buzz. I felt like you know people really thought that. Uh, TCU was going to win, pull that game out, win the game. I, I thought we'd be competitive, not in the way we ended up being competitive, but kind of in the way it was in the first quarter. We we go into the second quarter, it was seven to six. We had some things go against us there in the second quarter, and Texas kind of opened it up, but we really lost the game with fifty one seconds left. When on the first play of the drive, Josh Hoover throws an interception, and Texas goes down to score. And we go into half 20, 26 to six. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. I did. Like, and, and man, I don't understand why we're doing that. I, I just wanted to hold on to the ball, take it to the locker room. And I, I don't know why we're putting our freshman quarterback in a situation there at the end of the half to just air mail it out there and just hand the ball right back to Texas. It didn't seem necessary to me. I, I, but again, it's neither here nor there. Yeah, I will say uh, I just, in the defense I don't get of that decision. in defense of the offense, I've criticized TCU in the past for in similar situations, more so with more time on the clock, but just kind of sitting on the ball and not being aggressive. Mm-hmm. So I can't I can't be too hard on them for being aggressive. Yeah, but no, you I get can that. definitely I, argue in that situation, you know. In that situation, I, I was really just wanting to say, okay, we survived this half of football. I think you know, I think the bigger key there the is time. the bigger key there is to not have a backup quarterback. This equates to um, the discussion about going for it on fourth down in football, and it's like, you know, there's all this statistical analysis of you know, once you get past the fifty, it's going to be po- you know overall positive for you. It depends on your personnel. It depends on your coaching staff. It depends on what play you have drawn up. It's the same thing in this case. It's like I yelled at Gary Patterson nonstop for not going for it. You know, when you have three minutes left in the in the first half, and you're like, "Why are you downing the football? Why are you running the ball when you could possibly score?" In this case, you know, yes, I want to be aggressive, but a minute left, Jacob. To your point, you have a backup quarterback. Is that the smart thing to do? Probably not. You know, and, no. and so it's not about going for it or not going for it, but it's about everything else that you have involved with your team, you know? Yes. And I like your point there because those 
those analytics of simulations or whatever, that's based on like 10,000 scenarios and Mm -hmm. what the, what the overall best outcome is. But when you're facing one particular scenario, you have to take into account kind of game flow personnel and those kind of things. The problem with Gary was his overall philosophy was conservative. Right? Like he never, he he would sit on the ball with a Trayvon Boykin offense. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) So, yeah. So he deserved all the criticism he got, which was, not enough, in my opinion, but that's another story. And now we have an aggressive offense with a Josh, Josh you know, Hoover leading the pack. Which, you know, it's like but going back to your point about analytics. Yeah, if you look at ten thousand scenarios, it's a good idea to go for it here or be aggressive here. But when you have this specific personnel, then you have to manage that accordingly. But on that same token, talking about going for it and not going for it, what I was talking about coming with no points. I, my point is not to say I didn't. I wanted us to kick a field goal there when we were deep in the red zone. I wanted us to go for it. We needed the points. We needed to go for it inside the three-yard line. I just didn't like the play call. I, I think the right decision, obviously, was to go for it, and I'm glad we did. I know yeah. it didn't work out. We turned it over. I just really, really disliked the play call choice on fourth down. Yeah, no, and that's kind of been a story the whole season, right? Like yeah, that's going back to of the whole year. I tweeted that out actually. Like, there's a lot of moments in this game that kind of felt like a microcosm of this entire season. No, yeah, I mean, this you're right. That's kind of what my takeaway was too. You know, I said it a few seconds ago, but good enough to be in it, bad enough to lose. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and we talked about last week. You know, this team is talented enough to beat anyone. They could have beat Texas. They could have. They could, but they're also weird enough to lose to anyone. We can lose to Baylor this week. I mean, shoot, we almost got the ball back at the end of the game. I don't know how that duck of a pass ended up getting caught in the first place and under a three-three-five defense. I was pretty drunk at that point, but yeah, lobbed out there and it's quacking as it's falling, and he gets under the ball somehow. Yeah, and you know, you talk about. um, So I was looking at. I, I know with the way the season's gone, you guys probably aren't diving into SP plus rankings, but could you take a guess where TC ranks among power five programs in SP plus, which to me is like the best way to rank teams. Uh, probably. I would say top 40, 26 through 34, 35th. Yeah. Somewhere up between 25 and 30. Does it take into get- account what you do in the red zone? It takes into account kind of it. So number SP two, plus, SP plus is a, it's a predictive measure, right? They don't rate teams based on resume, which like if you have, if you're undefeated, you can be like 50th in SP plus, but you're going to be ranked higher by media because you're undefeated. Right. right. I mean, it just means you're getting, so SP plus, if you're, if you have a bad record, but you're ranked pretty high, that means you've been unlucky for the most part. If you have kind of a lower SP plus ranking, but you're undefeated, you've probably been very lucky. So like going back to last year, when everybody was saying, yo, TC is lucky, TC is lucky. They were top like five, top 10 in RPI all season long. Well, for most of the second half of the season. So that argument didn't hold up. But going back to my question, where does TC rank now? I got to give Ray the win here because TC is coming in at 33rd. 33rd. And if you look at the records of teams around them, you know, they all have seven, eight, six wins. There's TCU at four and six. 
best four and with six in the you know best team in the country. Man. So we're just so we're just talking we're just talking about red zone efficiency again. We're talking about Parker's equals rate. It's issue. the margins, dude. It's like so Parker's stat. Like we're zero and six in games where it's played level, right? On Parker's. Um, did you get beat that bad? TCU doesn't get beat that bad. There's only been one game this year, K-State. Otherwise, it's played at the margins. It's converting this touchdown in the red zone. It's not throwing this interception here. It's like one or two plays. Dude, we could be eight and two right now. This is the opposite of the reg- – like, this is like regression to the mean to the max compared to last year. And I no hate word. that argument. I'm glad yeah. you said that because, yeah. like I just said, we were top five in SP Plus last year meaning our records showed what we were doing on the field. Like those comebacks last year weren't lucky. They were earned. I didn't say they were lucky. I'm saying there are bounces that went our way, and no. this year they're not. You're definitely next year going to get, in the summer, a Bill Conley article saying that TCU is going to be one of the more improved teams in college football just be- based on SP+. Plus. Like, and you're uh, right. He, and he's right about He wrote that. one <laughs> this summer that TCU was going to regress to the means. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really, really frustrated because I, I just disagree with that because it last year's wins, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Were we going to go 12-0 this year? No. But if your regression is saying, okay, they might win. They, like, the K-Ford had us at nine wins. Right. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't yeah. say like, oh, TC went twelve and zero last year, so they're going to go four and eight this year. No, the, the was, regression should have been eight and four. That's well, what it should have been. But that's at the worst. Gonna, at the very it's, worst, it's not going to be that though. Whenever something something is inherently broken inside the thirty yard line, or inside the twenty inside the red zone, something is just inherently broken. And that that that's where you're seeing your Could regression. It be- we're putting hey. up good yards. We're doing. We're, we're, we're still have a. Uh, we're still putting up the yards every week, but we're not converting it into points. Correct. Garrett, like, could it like be we said, whenever you're on the goal line, you're empty and you're throwing fades into not the good. end zone. Dude, I wanted to throw my phone across the room. I was made me. Oh, it's so frustrating. Not once, but twice. 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 Oh wow. my goodness. In a game, but you again, lose by three. So, yeah. so we can but keep again, going on about this. To that but, point, Ray, I'm okay with not. I'm okay with not taking the points there on fourth down. But do something different. You know, don't don't try and fit that square peg into the round hole that you just tried on third down, and then throw a fade again. But so we hey, could we we could go I'm on and on about you. this. But for the interest of time, you know, we've been doing this. Seems like every single week after we lose. What do we still have left to play for? Well, a bowl, a bowl still in play. Mm-hmm. Beat your and rifle. I'm still, I'm going to, until the four, end of the fourth quarter of the OU game, I'm going to stick by that this team is good enough to beat anybody. So six and six is definitely still in the picture. But, you know, when, when you look at the season as a whole, I mean, if you want to count this as a rivalry game, it's at least another game against a Texas team. Mm-hmm. It's another L in that column. You've now lost to Tech. You've now lost to Texas. Um, I, I put K State in the rivalry category. You got killed there. Now you lose to Baylor, and I'm like, I'm calling for heads at that point, just at least temporarily, because I'm going to be pissed off. But the way I'm looking at this Baylor game, at just the Baylor game, not the not the last two games, you know, collectively. But 
If you beat Baylor, I'm really not all that happy. But if we lose to Baylor, I want to burn Fort Worth down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, like there's not much exactly. to gain from this week unless you couple that with a win against OU, which this, is possible. Yeah, this, this kind of feels like a talk me off the ledge week. Like, <laughs> Dude, the ledge, is, the ledge is – you're looking up at the ledge. Yeah. yeah you're falling. You're right. You're exactly right. right. <laughs> We've gone long, and we still have some stuff to talk about in terms of Frog Ball USA. Can we jump there? Yeah, let's get excited about another team, and then maybe they'll disappoint us too come the spring. I'm kidding. Boy, you should be excited about this team. All right. Yeah. We had, um, we've had a couple scrimmages, and we've had a purple and white – World Series going on. Two games have been played between the uh, inner, you know, inner squad games. I guess you could say TCU baseball. Uh, one team, uh, team Howard, Brian Howard. One team, uh, team Evan Skaug. Names that you remember. They are now what is it? Grad, uh, grad assistants on the team. Um, Martin, Volunteer you were there. Coaches. Ray, you were there to watching the game. Uh, I guess we want to know highlights, things that stuck out to you maybe players that popped. Um, what are some things that you noticed from the first two games? We, we've got one more on Friday at 4 p.m. I'll let Martin handle the majority of the talking here because he good at that. I yeah, will say – It's his comfort zone. Yeah, he loved that. Um, I will say this team and MASH, my goodness, they have got some pop in that bat. Mark, take it away. Oh, that's all you were going to say? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't want to steal your thunder. Oh. Um, so <clears throat> let's start with the bad. Um, due to some, I guess, little nagging injuries, uh, Silva has not played in the Purple-White series due to the Matt incident. Uh, I think they're just – Playing it safe, no reason for him to. Do we make it do we worse. need to learn anything else about Anthony Silva this fall? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Is this a short term so, deal? The Matt incident, Martin. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, he could play right now. It's just precautionary. There's no reason for him to play. And honestly, it's probably better if he doesn't, just so that other guys can get more reps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all know more reps at short. So Carson Silva and uh, Chatagnier has not been playing either uh, at second base, the Ole Miss transfer. So that has led to a lot of um, opportunities for guys, guys that have been here, new guys, um, to get some playing time. And they have really showed out. Uh, I got a list of guys who have been amazing um, off all, really. Uh, Sam Myers, the uh, freshman from I think he's mm. the Houston area, mm-hmm. been playing center field, been hitting the ball really well. Uh, Brody Green has been playing shortstop and hitting the ball very well. Uh, he looks good. I think he's going to be the back, unless there is. I mean, the, the way he's playing, I would say there's a competition at third base. But if he doesn't win, between who? I'm sorry, who are the names? Well, the uh, competition. Who do you got? For third, it's either Basir or Brody Green. Basir, Brody Green, gotcha. Yeah, if Basir does not win the job, then Brody Green's going to take it. Uh, if Basir wins the job, Brody's going to be the first um, infielder. You know, in case somebody goes down with an injury or something, he's going to be the first one off the bench. I think he's played that well. 
Um, Micah Kendricks, he's a freshman. He's been playing really well. He's been second base for the most part. Okay. I think he might have played a little outfield. Um, Gabe Miranda has played pretty good, too, at first base. Um, first base is – there is a log jam at first base um, <laughs> with Zach Wattis, Gabe Miranda, and uh, whoever is not catching I think is going to be – Curtis Byrne. Yeah, it's most likely – They had uh, Carson Bowen out there at first uh, standing there. <laughs> Didn't really do much. I think he played like two or three innings at first. Uh, can't throw the ball, but it was funny. Uh, there was a strikeout, and so they throw it around, and he just like rolls the ball to second base. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, Saving his arm. Yeah. Uh, Jake Dewar has been hitting really well, and he's yeah. playing outfield. Uh, Chase Brunson, um, I think he's won the center field job. Okay. Um, uh, Camden Sauce. Yeah, I, so, I call him Sus. SOS. Yeah, he's played pretty good at, at third base as well, and he's hitting the ball really good. Um, some guys who started off slow but are doing better now, uh, Ryder Robinson and Fisher Ingersoll have been playing really Dude, well. In Fisher's the, been hitting really well. Yeah, in the Purple-White World Series, they really turned it on. Yeah. Um, Obviously, the guys that we know, uh, Tolly and uh, Curtis Byrne, have been really good, but we know they're really good. Um, on the mound, Ben Abel and Ben Abel has been the, the best pitcher on this team. He should be. All fall. I think he might be the Friday night starter. I'd love that because, you know, we talked about TCU needs a dude, and we talked about Ben Abel could be that guy. He so really me, What's Cole doing? Uh, clicker. Oh, he's out. Yeah, right? he's out. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't been pitching. Okay. There's been he's, quite he's, a. He's not going to pitch all year. No. Is that? Is that, is that no, 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 no. Oh, oh Feaster. Oh, and Feaster. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I got my name. Oh, clicker. Clicker has not been pitching. I don't know the extent of why he's not pitching. Is this a concern? Um, I wouldn't think so. I I don't know right now. Okay. Um, Something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I can't say either way. Um, so after Ben Abel, I think the uh, Peyton Tolley has been really good. Obviously, he's hitting home runs, but he's also pitching really well on the mound. Um, he's going... Do we see Peyton Tolley? Because do we see his has him as a, a weekend starter, or is he kind of a guy who's going to come in and and eat up innings after maybe a starter gets knocked out in the second or third? I think I think Peyton Tolley's roles are locked in for the year. I think he's going to DH. He's going to bat third, and I think he's going to be the Saturday starter all year. Yeah. Um. As far as the so if Klecker's out, um. Zach Morris has pitched really well. So I heard that from yeah. um, I, I caught up with Coach Skaug at the tailgate yeah. Saturday, and yeah. he was really high on um, Zach Morris. And I was like, yeah. that's, that's surprising. Yeah, the people that I talk to that are there for every game, they really like Zach Morris. He's um, He has opened some eyes. He might be – we might have an all-left-handed pitcher rotation. 
That's interesting. Hey, yeah. Martin, you know who's really impressed me in the Purple White series? Uh, Braden be... Sloan. No. Although he's been good, too. What do you got against yeah. Braden That dude is high energy. No, nothing. That dude is energy. <laughs> that dude's wild ass. Yeah, he reminds me of Russ in the dugout. He does. Martin, you got a question from the chat. It's from Travis. Um, And again, thanks everybody for contributing. Makes this a lot of fun. Uh, How has the bullpen depth looked? Hard to get a read situationally in those kind of games, but some more three inning eaters would be nice. So I'll start off because I was just about to go there. One of the guys that's impressed me the most in the Purple White series has been Kyle Ayers, the transfer from Houston. Okay. Dude came really? in, okay. uh, struck out the side in the first game, and then pitched a clean inning in uh, on Sunday's game. That's who's impressed me the most. Okay. Any other names? Yeah, he's been good. Um, I mean, I don't know if these guys are going to pitch in the bullpen or they are fighting for a midweek starter, but Chase Hoover and Braden Sloan have pitched really well. Um, I mean, I guess one of those guys is going to have to be in the bullpen. Um, Andrew Moziello has come back. He kind of had a rough start to the fall, but he's looked pretty good in the in the purple white. Uh, Storm Hairholzer. Mm-hmm. The, these are so these three guys are coming back from an injury that prevented them from pitching last year. Uh, Andrew Moziello, Storm Hairholzer, and Kidman Parker. Those guys are coming back. They're not going to be, you know, they're knocking the rust off. They're working their way back, but um, they got stuff. They've got stuff. Caden Parker is kind of like a guy that I'm most interested in seeing coming off of Tommy John. Jake, you know who else is interested in seeing? The scouts that are in in attendance at the Purple White because all their radar guns go right up whenever he comes into the game. That's interesting. Very interesting. So Cabin Cabin could be like a dark horse dude for us. You know, talking about needing yeah. dudes on the mound. Yeah. Cause was, man, like you saw him two years ago. He you saw his potential. He obviously needed work, but coming back from this injury, I, I really excited to watch him pitch. It's kind of like a a lot a, a high upside guy, you would say. For sure. Um, um you also have uh Luis Rodriguez coming back from an injury, although nice. he pitched a lot last year. It was great to hear his name that was actually on the mound. That's awesome. Yep. Um, One guy that I think is probably flying under the radar right now is um, is Blake Rogers, the transfer from Baylor. I really like him. Um, He's got a bowling ball of a sinker. He's about 87 to 90. He pounds the lower part of the strike zone. He's the guy that you want to come in if you really need a double play. Um, he, he's he got a nasty slider. Um, uh, go ahead, MK. Well, I, I got to see uh, Braden Sloan pitch live, and he was he was opposite of A-Belt. They were just doing a scrimmage or whatever. Um, very um, – he was impressive, but he was also wild, wild AF. Uh, he hit two batters. He threw two to the backstop, but he scared the shit out of the guys that were batting. So I'm like, <laughs> I think it, it could work if he can control himself. That sounds uh, like Garrett Wright last yeah, uh, fall. But a lefty, right? So, you know, the guys did not they – weren't, they weren't swinging that well because they were scared. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I think he can do some damage, but he just got to control himself. 
Uh, so we're go ahead. Pretty dang good little team this year. Like, yeah, will. will you? Will this be the deepest TCU has been in a while? Talent wise. Yeah, probably. You know, they have a lot of guys who really like they're ready to start, but there's just guys blocking them. Yeah. Whereas we might not have had that other years. You might have some guys in the in their lineup where you're like, why is this guy starting? And there's the reason is because there's not really somebody else to come up behind them. But that's yeah. not the case this year. Yeah, it's it seemed like with teams in the past, you know, you even like on our really good teams, it's like, man, I love our starting nine. Right. But then it's like, all right, well, Mason Hess is pretty good, I guess. But yeah. who else? <laughs> right. You're not saying, man, I really wish this guy could get in and play or you know, free land a story. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to have to provide some, some, you know, information obviously in the spring about the team because the outfield's brand new, right? Outside of maybe um, Luke. Uh, but, Maxwell. Dude, okay. So Maxwell could Luke start. Quick? What's that? Can I say something about Luke real quick? It just triggered a thought you saying yeah. his name. That's a tough son of a gun. That dude took a, uh, he stole third took the throw down on a one hop right to the face and continued to play. Did it hop? I don't, I don't know if it hopped. I think, I think it was it, in the face. I thought it, uh, it was one bounce and then right into that cheekbone, but it may have been dead. dead. He was a football player. Yeah. But football players don't have Rawlings tattooed on their face. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, when he got up, you could see the laces imprinted on his. Cheek. And he's also an outfielder, which I've always said outfielders are just infielders that got tired of getting hit in the face. So, <laughs> so the only returning infielder is Silva. I mean, you can make an argument for first base, but then you've got Carson Bowen. So, there's going to be a lot of new fit, new names, I guess, new names as starters. That a lot uh, of new names this we'll year. Have to, we'll have to fill that in, you know. Yeah, I can't wait for baseball. Um, it's it's cool that we have so much access to like this purple and white World Series. So game three is this coming Friday at four o'clock. Do I have that right? Yep. Correct. I'm gonna Who's try to gonna... make it out there for that one. It would be oh, cool nice. if um if if you're listening yeah. to this, if you can make it out there Friday, get off work a little early. It'd be cool to uh, catch up with some listeners and watch some frog ball during a time where you know not much really uh, is going well for TCU athletics. So. You know, could be a feel good day. Maybe we can ask Kirk if uh, if we're allowed to YouTube live it or something. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could uh, roll do a double, just make it a TCU afternoon evening because men's basketball plays later that night. Speaking of men's now, basketball, congrats on the win tonight. Uh, they played the, their first real game. Yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be. Anybody look at the schedule? Uh, looking not in November. Uh, I'd say Georgetown, December second. Okay, I don't hate though? that. But they fired Patrick Ewing last year. Yeah, they got a they got a new coach from I uh, can't remember some some school that was doing really well uh, up in the Northeast, St. John's maybe or some something like that. But they're I mean it's a MK it's at least a name that'll get me to watch. Yeah, other Georgetown. than ET Rio Grande Valley, they host Clemson <laughs> exactly. on twelve nine. That's kind of fun. Basketball is so weird to me because their preseason is like two months long. <laughs> Rematch against Arizona State, 12-16. Okay, I don't hate that. 
Yeah, we literally don't have a conference game for two months. So. It's insane. It's insane to me. <laughs> but, All you right. know, why should they? Big 12's number one RPI conference. And- I'm, not, I'm not criticizing it. Just from a viewer standpoint, it's like, what can you really learn from playing UT Rio Grande Valley? You uh, build confidence. Sure. But, I mean, like, we, we'd have teams that would go, like, Two and eighteen in conference play, but they were like undefeated in non-conference. So mm-hmm. that was women's basketball last year. There you go. All right. Anything else? Because it's this has been a long ass episode, but a good one. I, I think this was fun. That was. I got. Yeah, was... I got to yell a lot. I haven't got to yell in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a. Oh, uh, so what was that National Signing Day that just passed? Yeah. Oh yeah, good point. Oh yeah, Martin, tell your Florida State theory. Yeah, I got a tinfoil hat theory. So, so Baseball America ranked TCU fourth in the recruiting class rankings for 2024. Uh, Perfect Game ranked them tenth. Okay. Um, the last guy that they got, what was his name? Durden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kaden, Kaden Durden. So he was. He's he's ranked like in the four hundreds, but before uh, or the day that he committed, I looked at the rankings and TCU was eleventh. They were like decimal points away from Florida State for that tenth spot. Perfect game took forever to add him to the uh, class to actually bump TCU up. And I think I found out why. Okay. Um, So Perfect Game is doing this series where they're breaking down the top 10 recruiting classes for 2024. And Florida State was their – Florida State was 10th at the time. Um, They released the article as the number 10 recruiting class, but they have TCU – as their 10th best recruiting class in the rankings. So my theory is they waited so long to add him because one, they probably already had the article written about Florida state and they didn't want to have to scrap it and do a new one about TCU. And two, I think they think they'll get more clicks if Florida state is 10th. Interesting. I agree with the first one that they just didn't want to go back and rewrite the article. Yeah, I agree with that more because I think, and this is probably a discussion for a different day, but I think TCU is a brand in baseball. But we can talk about that more later. It's way too late tonight. That's 100% true, Jacob. We could, Yeah, because I have experience from that. Just visiting Omaha, people talking about TCU. And Ray – Talking about not not wanting to rewrite an article you've already written, I, yeah. I'm sure I, I feel that from your perspective. Fellas, <laughs> we've got uh, the Blue Bonnet Battle on Saturday at two thirty. Damn, it's off again. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, great episode. It was yep. fun to chat. That was fun. We got a game on Saturday. Let's go win the damn right rivalry and uh, get back here next week and have some fun. Let's do it. Work. Go frogs. Go frogs. Go frogs. Go frogs.